You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer, Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode, we had a question about it. We're going to get into it. We're talking about the best way to mail books. We're talking about media mail. Yeah. Listen, can we make it interesting? I bet we can. Just wait. (laughs) Wait and see. And we're interviewing author and friend of the show, Ben Acker. But first, what are you reading, Bria? I've been traveling a lot, so I've read more than I normally do. Um, But I'll talk about a book because we talked about it on the live show. And uh, the live show we did will eventually go into our feed, but most likely will just be for, we were just talking about this, it'll most likely just be for subscribers to Maxmon. Um, And so I'll tell you about this book that I'm reading because it's a popular book for the Glassers. It's The Daughter of Dr. Moreau by Sylvia Moreno-Garcia. I actually, I finished it. I read it. I loved it. It was great. I just finished it, too. You texted me, and I, I gave you a, one spoiler because there was something you don't like in it. But Which I'm happy you did. I, but, you know, I feel like it was actually not—well, we won't get into that. But I thought this book was great. For fans of Mexican Gothic, I think you can really dig this book. Basically, it is a reimagining of The Island of Dr. Moreau. Hey, that's one of the the Reading Glasses Glasses Challenge. Um, oh, God, I didn't even think about that, but it's totally, totally a retelling because it—, it the movie was adapted from H.G. Wells' book. Right. And I've never read the original she, book. I've never read the book, but I think she talks about it either at the beginning at the end of the book. She's like, hey, this is a reimagining. Yeah. Here is what I what I changed, blah, blah, blah. It goes at the end. But mm-hmm. anyway, it's about the, the daughter, the daughter of Dr. Moreau, who we all are kind of familiar with him. But if you're not, he he basically combined the genetics of animals and humans. Not a real person. That made me sound like I was talking about a historical figure. <laughs> He's not real. Um, uh, but he is a famous figure that we from know literature of. and film. Um, and he lives on the Yucatan Peninsula. And um, it's about her. And then also this guy who is this overseer slash assistant slash he's kind of in charge of these uh, creatures that are part human, part animal, mostly human, though, it seems like. Uh, it kind of depends on the one. They're human then, in their hearts. And then someone shows up, and uh, and it's a nice young man, and he's attractive, but, like, is he good? Is he bad? We don't know. And um, things start happening badly here at Dr. Moreau's little compound. <laughs> that, <laughs> things don't turn out well. Turns out. <laughs> uh, uh, it's uh, Listen, if you're going to splice together DNA, you are therefore a mad scientist, and things will go awry. Uh, Mallory, what are you reading? I was just gonna say, if you if you had to pick some DNA to splice into yours, what would you pick? Well, the jaguar one seemed like a pretty good one in the book. That was the one that like felt yeah. like it was like a. I feel like that's a solid one. As much as I like dogs, I would probably choose a cat of some sort, a big cat. What about you? Yeah, I think you're, I think you're right with that because you get a lot of perks. You get reflexes. You get to mm. see in the dark. Oh yeah, um, I love that. Yeah, I think there's a lot of <laughs> nocturnal. You can to, stay up late. Uh, that well, that I wouldn't like because I have a hard time sleeping. But yeah, I would definitely. I don't see super well or hear super well, so I would definitely like some cat DNA to like mm-hmm. boost me a bit. Um, but I, I am reading a book that I one of my most anticipated of the year from one of my favorite authors, and it's perfect because we're recording this during Band Books Week, and uh, it's Attack of the Black Rectangles by A.S. King. It is a middle grade book. Most of her other books are YA, but this one's middle grade, and it is about this young boy, and he lives with his mom and his grandfather, and he definitely has some family troubles. And with with every A.S. King book, there's like one element that's like kind of speculative, mm-hmm. and in this book, his father 
father is kind of in their life and kind of not. He like comes over once a week to have dinner. Um, but during the night, sometimes he shows up in his, what his, he tells his son is his spaceship and they fly around the galaxy. That's what he tells his son. That's what's happening. Whether that's really happening, you'll have to find out. Um, basically his dad sucks and is not a great guy. And what's happening at school is they're starting sixth grade, him and his best friends, and they get their, their this teacher that she's kind of like the equivalent of who's that like pink wearing teacher from the Harry Potter books that she just like sucks. She has like tons of rules, but this teacher is responsible for a lot of changes in their town. Like she made it. So pizza delivery is now illegal because it's unhealthy. It's uh, she wants to make it illegal to eat candy and she wants to make it cancel Halloween. And she creates an ordinance where people can only paint their houses white and she writes a tons of letter letters to the local paper every day you know talking about new things that they should cancel uh and they get her for a teacher and they they start reading their book for the year their novel for the year and they find out that it's been censored and there's like passages and sentences that are blacked out and the main character and both of his best friends are like well, this sucks. This is ridiculous. And they start to protest. And it's like this big fight with her and the principal and the school district. And so the main character is dealing with trying to stop censorship and protect freedom for the freedom to read, essentially, while dealing with this like weird stuff at home and trying to navigate his feelings. So I remember a while ago, we had someone on the show that was like, what's a good book for boys to read about navigating Hmm. their feelings? This is a great one. Uh, This is a great one if you're one of those people should be all of us that's very concerned about what's happening in our libraries and our um, school systems right now. Uh, A.S. King includes some great links in the back of the book to toolkits and, and information to what on what to do if that's ha- this is this is stuff she writes in the, in the acknowledgement. She's like, hey, this book was inspired by something that actually happened to my kid with wow. this, this exact same book. Wow. Um, so it's it's absolutely I, I mean I'm absolutely inhaling it it's a great book but it's so timely mm. and it's a, I, I would really highly recommend reading it right now and it's just um it's absolutely beautiful it's it's probably going to be my favorite middle grade of the year um so that's Attack of the ba- Black Rectangles by A.S. King I'm adding it to my to my holds list it's really good right now oh it's not out uh is, when does it come out it just came out oh, it just, just came out, out this week I think Great. And mine is The Daughter of Dr. Moreau by Sylvia Moreno-Garcia. So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. We got a lot of follow-up this week. Um, We got a ton of follow-up from the episode a few episodes ago where I was talking about preemptive penance. Um, And I couldn't remember where it was. Oh, oh, yes. We were talking about how you can apologize for something before you do it. Yes. It was someone who had a library card in another city or something. And, yes. Yeah, okay. And I was like, I feel like you can do that. I feel like I saw that in a movie or read that in a book. And I should have remembered this because about 20 people emailed us to say, it's from Historic Materials. Oh. There's a scene I liked that you thought it was from book. The, the Bible, but instead it's from your Bible, His Dark Materials. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that, God, this sounds so familiar. And I should have known this. But yeah, there's a character who gets um, preemptive penance uh, for killings like they're they basically are the church is, goes we want you to go kill this person here you are preemptively absolved of this sin and he's like cool i'm gonna go kill them and uh i can't believe i didn't remember that but thank you classers for classers always come in clutch also got lots of follow-up for the glasser who wrote in to say that her kids use the phrase hit the cover and that means they're reading the book and re- they realize they get to the part of the book where the um where they've hit the cover like the co- whatever's on the cover is inside the book like if it's a picture of a flying dragon on the cover they got to the page where it's 
a flying dragon in the words of the book. And a bunch of listeners wrote in to say that their kids do something similar, but they call it the magic page, which is also very cute. Yeah, we had a bunch of people write in to say, my kids do that and they call it hit the magic page. So huh. I wonder... There must is be, there like yeah, some a kids kid thing. show yeah. or like there? I wonder if there's something that says that mm-hmm. um, or if a bunch of kids just independently came up with that themselves. That would be extremely adorable. That's very cute. And Ruby wrote in with a hot book tip. Uh oh, get out the <laughs> I just stumbled upon the website booktriggerwarnings.com slash welcome if you want to go to the homepage and thought y'all might be interested in shouting it out. It is like Does the Dog Die? But specifically for books. It is a wiki type website and so can be edited and added to by the public. Oh, that's super helpful. It even includes a space for putting in marginalized identities that the authors fall into, which I thought was nice a nice addition. It is a little small right now, but it's been so, so helpful for me lately as I have been picking books to read. Wow, Ruby, this is amazing. I'm checking this out right now. Look at that. Oh, yeah. It does kind of look like a Wikipedia. Oh, we should we should test this out for a book tech segment. We definitely should. Um, trying to think of a good book with a lot of triggers or something in it that we can type into it. Last House on Needless Street, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the most triggery book of all time. Okay, so that one's not in there. So we know we need we need some we need some updates. Uh, but you know, uh y'all go go check out this site it obviously it it is run by people who care about this stuff we can look at recent changes and see but this is cool yeah we should definitely test this out this looks awesome we always appreciate that you know it's funny we just got an arc recently that i sent you i texted you a photo of that had the content warnings listed Mm -hmm. at the front of the book which was pretty cool Mm -hmm. um interesting to see more and more books do that yeah i mean so here's just an update from um that new book i'm glad my mom died the autobiography of um jeanette mccurdy and um yeah all sorts of stuff. Lots of trigger warnings in this one. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah. sure. Good to know. This is very helpful. Thanks for sending this in, Ruby. And you know what I've been seeing more authors do? Um, uh, I saw a recent example is Hannah Witten, who has a new book out, um, The Foxglove King. Mm. And she inclu- instead of putting it in the book, she has a page on her website where you can go and look up all, right. all of the warnings um, which I think is pretty cool. It's interesting mm-hmm. to see that evolve. Um, so you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. If you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month, you can sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes. And a quick spooky bookmark from us. I need like a spooky slide whistle. That was like a, <laughs> it's just it's a like ghost, a ghost going sound. Like, it's like, ooh. ooh. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Someone please hook hook me up with a spooky slide whistle. Uh, but we decided on the Halloween readathon. It's going to be Sunday, October twenty third, uh, and it'll be sort of similar to our other readathons. We'll start in the morning here, um, Pacific time, probably either nine or ten, and then we'll kick it off with an Instagram live, and then we'll read all day until maybe five or six o'clock at night our time. So it'll be about eight hour, an eight, eight hours of readathon, but you can always do more than that. And uh, we are going to all read, and you don't have to do this to participate in the, the readathon, but if you want to join us, uh, one of the books we're going to read is the Tor.com novella Fly Away by Kathleen Jennings. It's sort of like in Australian, we've always lived in the castle, but with monsters and in the bush. Uh, so it's not super scary. Uh, I started reading it already. It's not like a terrifying book. So if you, you started are, reading it, Mallory, you're supposed to read it for the, the lot- readathon. I know, but pe- I, I like to read things ahead of time because people get upset if I see. Okay, okay. If we, if we, 
I think one of us should at least read it ahead of time unless <laughs> in case there's something bad in it and then people aren't warned ahead of time and they get Okay. Okay. Well, the the rest of us were the plan is the idea was that we would all read something yes. similar together so we could talk about it uh midday, talk about uh what we're thinking about it when we do our check-ins. So if you want to participate and read it. You can also read it ahead of time. That's also fine. No, I know, but I just I want to curb the angry emails from people that are like, "Hey, there's this thing in this book that makes me really upset, and I didn't know, and you didn't tell me about it ahead of time, and I'm mad." So yeah. I I will say, if you have triggers for things, please check them out ahead of time. I am reading it right now, and so far, the only thing I can tell you is that uh, there's a content warning for um, a family member that is missing. Um, but that's that's all I can tell you so far. And mean neighbors, mean neighbors and missing family member. Um, but it, uh, it for everybody else, uh, if you can either get it from the library or um, or buy it, it's a tour.com novella, so it won't be super expensive. Uh, everyone will be reading that at the same time. And then after, and it's a tour.com novella, so it'll be short. After that, you can read whatever you want. And uh, at the end of the day, when we do our Instagram live, we can all talk about it. So we'll be sort of like a spooky book club plus Halloween readathon. We're very excited. Again, that's October 23rd, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna have a blast. Get all, all your candy corn, your caramel apples your pumpkin pumpkin what pumpkin everything i guess mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. it's gonna and be fun yeah and i have a quick bookmark or we have another bookmark we wanted to thank everyone we did a shout out for our newsletter we asked people to join maximum fund to help us cover the costs of our newsletter so we can keep doing it every month and uh we did we got a, we got people to join and we really appreciate it and we see you and we're very happy and we're gonna keep doing that newsletter and if you want to sign up for it you can still do that it is free to everyone, um, but if you want to throw us a little bit of money every month to put it out and to put out the show, you're always welcome to do so at MaximumFun.org slash join. Uh, but we've been doing fun stuff over there. We're doing, like, this next month we're going to talk about Halloween candy and Halloween costumes, and uh, we're both writing, you know, we're writing little essays, uh, little little short entries, and uh, just talking more about ourselves in addition to all of the books that we talk about every month, all of the events, all of the updates. So if you need more reading glasses, more Bria and Mallory in your life, that's the place to get it. Yeah, there's a link in the show notes for that. And uh, before we talk about the best ways to mail books, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is sponsored in part this week by Green Chef. But what's Green Chef? It's the number one meal kit for eating well with dinners that work for you, not the other way around. And they are now owned by HelloFresh, which means a wider array of meal plans to choose from. And that means you can switch between the brands. There's something for everyone. So what Green Chef lets you do is choose from 24 recipes every single week with the option to mix and match meals from different preferences. So maybe you want to order vegan one day, gluten-free the next. They've got pre-made and pre-measured sauces, dressings, and spices that get you more chef-curated flavor in less time. Folks, you know I'm very bad at cooking. I like to eat food, but I don't like to make it. I don't like to plan it. I don't like to figure out what I need to buy from the grocery store. I don't like to find recipes. I find the whole thing very stressful. And Green Chef takes all of that stress out of the meal making process. I love the fact that you can get vegan or gluten-free. They are really great at accommodating special diets, of which Bria and I both have. They're really, really easy fast and the meals that you get are absolutely delicious so you can go to greenchef.com right now slash glasses so that's greenchef.com slash glasses go right now and use code glasses 135 to get 135 dollars off across five boxes and your first box ships free 
So you go to greenchef.com slash glasses135 and use code glasses135 to get $135 off across five boxes. If you are looking to try a different type of diet, maybe you're really busy and you want to eat a little healthier, but you don't feel like you have the time or you're like me and you get really stressed out about trying to figure out food stuff, Green Chef is for you. So you should give it a try right now. Go to greenchef.com slash glasses135 and use code GLASSES135 to get $135 off. Glasses. Hi, I'm Hal Loveland. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. And we're the hosts of We Got This with Mark and Hal, the weekly show where we settle the debates that are most important to you. That's right. What arguments are you and your friends having that you just can't settle? Apples or oranges? Marvel or DC? Fork versus spoon. Chocolate or vanilla? Best bagel. What's the best Disney song? We Got This with Mark and Hal. Every week on Maximum Fun, we do the arguing so you don't have to. Oh, all answers are final for all people for all time. We got this. This week, we're not talking about reading books, we're talking about mailing them. What exactly is media mail? How do you use it? And why does it exist? So, all right, first off, Bria, what is media mail? Media mail is a shipping rate at the post office, not at FedEx or UPS or anything like that. It has to be the U.S. post office. USPS, sorry for baby. international. Sorry for our international listeners, uh, where you can print, you can mail print books for much, much cheaper than the typical postage rate. Yeah. and Special so someone, for books. Someone wrote us wrote in and we were talking about this and we didn't know the answers. So, hey, guess what? We went and got those answers for you. We're here to talk about yes. them. Um, uh, but here's the thing you got to know about media mail. It, it has to be just books or, or, or uh, graphic novels. Um, just books. It can't be books, socks, candy, slide whistles. Uh, um, you know, a, a small ant farm. It it has to be books only. You cannot pack other things in there. It has to be just books in the box when you ship it. Um, and it and and the book type, the type of book is pretty specific. It has to be a specific yes. type of book. But I feel like it's a little hand wavy at times too. So Mallory, you want to get into what type of books you can send media mail? Yes, and I remember because I we we this question started a while ago, a couple years ago, because I think I talked about it on the show. I went to go mail some comics, right? And I was like, right. oh, I want to I want to send these media mail, and they were like, you can't. And I was like, why? Because they and they're like, we don't know, you just can't because they have ads. But get into it. So what are the what are what is the rule? What are the rules here? Yes. So technically, media mail is for quote unquote educational material, which the post office defines as books that are at least eight pages. No pamphlets. I love that like some <laughs> seven-year-old has like a se like a seven-page book and it's like, no. <laughs> um, so books that are at least eight pages, sound recordings and video recordings such as CDs and DVDs. Wow, um, this God, has not been a pretty... Use what about Blu-rays? Those... <laughs> what about Blu-rays? Um, play scripts and manuscripts for books, periodicals and music, printed music, computer-readable media containing pre-recorded information and guides or scripts prepared solely for use with such media, 16 millimeter or narrower width so that means films. you could do a, um, like a jump drive or even a drive, if it a full drive, if it had just scripts, like it just had book books on it. They're like, we got to plug it in and check it out. Yes. <laughs> 
um, printed objective test materials and their accessories, printed educational reference charts, and then loose leaf pages and their binders consisting of medical information for distribution to doctors, hospitals, medical schools, and medical students. Yawn. Okay. <laughs> so, so a lot of things, a lot of, <laughs> lot of things that you can send. Uh, the thing, you, other thing you need to know is you can't, the, the, what we were talking about, you can't ship things that contain advertisements. Yes. So comics or magazines weirdly don't count, but graphic novels would if they don't have any advertisements in them, which most of the time they don't. Um, which is funny because, like, I get one, I've had a National Geographic subscription since I was 16 years old, and... Like, what is what magazine is more educational than National Geographic? But there's ads in it, so it can't be shit media mail. Yeah. Yeah, which I wonder how the magazine companies feel about that, because they're probably losing a lot of money, whereas the book companies are saving a lot of money. <laughs> uh, so according to the post office, media mail, or quote-unquote book rate, as it was formerly known, was initially designed in 1938, so it's been around for almost 100 years, mm. uh, to provide lower postal rates for the mailing of books. So as soon as it was enacted, the policy behind it has been to... It re- they, re- they did this in 1938 because they wanted to encourage, as they say, the flow of educational materials through the mail. Um, and But then, you know, technology developed and the means of uh, disseminating information changed and Congress sort of expanded, when it needed, it expanded the media mail classification to include materials like films and now mm. DVDs and CDs and stuff. So that's why it went from being called book rate to being called media mail, which honestly is pretty cool. The idea of them being like, we want people to be able to send more things that so people can learn, we'll give them a cheaper postage rate is, is honestly kind of awesome. Yeah, because it does mean that, like, if you're shipping a bunch of DVDs or something, you can send those media mail, right? Which can save you mm-hmm. some money or or Blu-rays or whatever people watch movies on now. I don't know. I, I, I rent Who them. could say? Um, you know what's wild about the USPS? How cheap a lot it, of things. How cheap it is to send shit. I, like, sometimes I'm just shocked where I'm like, you'll send this whole box? Like, you'll send this letter? across the country in like two days like it just seems so wild to me that they that's I, why we must protect the post office I know, at all costs. like it's such a like it feels like such a it's something we don't think about but if it was taken away from us we would be really sad because it is oh yeah it is wild that we are able to just uh send you know write something on like a postcard put a 25 cent aren't postcard stamps like 25 cents i don't know how much they are now but i don't know all right fine put a forever stamp on it and uh it arrives there in a certain amount of time from Anywhere in the world. Like, that is so insane to me. Um, uh, you know what's one, what's, this is a, a silly tangent, but that was one of my favorite things to play when I was a kid was I would like to play post office. Oh, great. Fun is, one. Mm-hmm. I got, su- I would like force my grandfather to like write letters to people in the house and then like, <laughs> and I, yeah. I would stand outside the window <laughs> That's right. and pretend it was like the post office window and then I would like, put it in a little slot and then makes other people in the house come and check their mailboxes and be like, here's a letter from my I grandpa. can see you working and being some sort of post office person. I think you would be good at that job. I think that's a... You know what's funny is a lot of people in my family are post office workers. Ah, well, that makes sense then. Um, I have a hot, non-hot tip. Uh, have you all noticed that uh, the USPS is way less busy now than the UPS because I think UPS does all Amazon stuff? Whoever does Amazon yeah, I think so. stuff is... I think it's UPS. Or v, or yeah. And I, no no, no shade to US, UPS. I, I like UPS a Although lot. I think that's going to change soon because they have Amazon Air. 
Mm. Well, when I go Which to UPS, is a new thing. I have to ship stuff through there sometimes, and it is always crowded. But they're very fast. They mm-hmm. do a great job at my UPS. But then I went to USPS for the first time in a long time. Wow, this is so boring. And there was no one in there. And I went <laughs> right to the front, and I didn't even use the automated machine because I was like, well, I can have this person do this properly instead of me making weird guesses. Um, oh, our, 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 postal, our post office up on the mountain is always absolutely a chaos, like a chaos oh, tornado okay. it is there's like there's so much drama around our local post office it's very because we live up where we live none of us have mailboxes right, right, we're up right, right, way right. up in the middle of nowhere so the only place you can get your mail is by going to the post office and um yeah it is uh i would love to see a sitcom that is, takes place at my local post office because oh, it's yeah. that wild but anyway so yeah Speaking of the, going to the post office, so when you wa- want to send something media mail, say you want to send, and there's a million uses for this, you know, besides sending, I very recently, uh, the book club that I'm in, one of the guys mailed out copies of the books to everybody. Wow. And, uh, or, so maybe you want to mail, share a book with a friend, maybe you have a book pen pal. Um, maybe we, we talked before about people who are like moving, so they want to mail books to their, instead of ship, like, like actually physically moving them in their car, they mail them to their 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 house that they're moving into or whatever. Um, but it's not something that like pops up automatically. You know, when you like go to the post office and they like they're like, here's all the options, and all the things come up on that little screen, like the little debit card thingy. Mm-hmm. It, that media mail won't come up automatically. When you go there and you hand the person behind the counter your package of books or laser discs or whatever you got, all the options for like media mail won't be in there. You have to ask for it. You hand it to them and say, I'd like to ship this media mail. And they'll confirm with you that it's just books. All you have to do is say yes. And then boom, you've got like a way cheaper ship. It. You will be, if you've never sent something media mail, you will be stunned to see how cheap it is mm-hmm. compared to the other options. Mm-hmm. But there is uh, a weight limit. Um, the weight limit is uh, 70 pounds. So you cannot pack up Mallory can't pack up her whole house and send 70, <laughs> 70 pounds, more than 70 pounds of book, books. But it is a great option if you're just shipping a small amount of books. Yeah, and you can't get insurance on media mail, but you do get tracking, which is pretty cool. Uh, and they might not warn you about this, uh, but it does take a lot longer. That is like this. That's the the drawback for media mail is it's like two to eight days instead of you can't get you can't get media mail overnight. You can't get it shipped super fast. Mm-hmm. But if you're not in a rush and you're just like sending a book to a friend, I'm having a book uh, emergency. Still- do not send media mail. <laughs> <laughs> put it load it in a can and launch it towards my house uh yeah because i ship media ma- things media mail all the time it saves me a ton of money if you've ever won a box of books from the reading glasses challenge that's how you got your books was me- was media mail like let's say you're sending a box of six books and it's three or four pounds that'll cost you like 20 something dollars to send but if you're sending it media mail it'll be like three dollars four dollars yeah, yeah. I mean, it really is incredible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you ever ship? Do you ever ship books? Uh, not really. I have shipped uh, DVDs and Blu-rays quite a bit. I do that quite quite a lot. And and you sent it, those media mail? I did send them media mail most of the time. Um, and I've sent uh, in my graphic novel. I would send media mail because I sent that out to a lot of people when it came out. So yeah, I guess I do send stuff. Um, and when I was younger, I, I had a zine distro and we would always send stuff media mail. That was like the, the secret to the de- zine So distro. 90s. So yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. So yeah, send your thoughts, uh, about mailing books to reading glasses podcast at gmail.com. I'd love to, you know what? I bet the glassers, there's a glasser out there that has like a hot book mailing tip that is like 
sizzling hot tips for for sending people books. I thought you were going to say a hot book mail person. The person working at the post office is a hot. Oh yeah, I'm sure there's a hot this hot postal people. That's what you know what that's what we need a romance novel of is like a hot mail person. Yes. Yeah. Um send in your sizzling hot mailing books tips because I'm very interested. Um but before we talk to author Ben Acker about his new book Stories to Keep You Alive Despite Vampires, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is sponsored in part this week by my best friend, Soylent. What's Soylent? It's the original food tech company, and they make delicious and nutritious nutrition products in convenient formats. I am obsessed with the Soylent Complete Meal. It is a convenient, ready-to-drink shake. It comes in a powder format, but I get the shake, and it provides 20 grams of plant-based protein, 39 essential nutrients, healthy fats, and 400 calories of slow-burning carbs, and one delicious serving. So that's what I get. I get the vanilla flavor. It tastes like a vanilla milkshake. It is so good. But they also have Soylent Squared, which are little, like, snack squares. They're fantastic for keeping in your book bag. Maybe you just need something on the go. Maybe you just need a snack to keep you going during the day. They have complete energy drinks, complete protein drinks. Again, I'm obsessed with the complete meal. Soylent is the quickest, easiest meal on the planet. There's no cooking. There's no cleanup, which I love. Uh, There's complete balanced nutrition in each bottle made from U.S. grown sustainable source ingredients, which means that this is good for you and good for the planet. It's perfect for breakfast, lunch, anytime you need a nutritious meal that's delicious. I personally really hate eating breakfast. I just don't like eating first thing in the morning, but I got to take a lot of supplements and vitamins and it's really hard to take those things on an empty stomach. So I started drinking a Soylent first thing in the morning and it's really changed things uh, for the better for me. So I can just drink that. I don't feel too full, but I have get all the things that I need from it. And then I get to take my my pills. It's perfect. It's basically like healthy fast food, no drive-through required. So you can go to Soylent.com slash glasses and use code glasses to get 20% off your first order. That's Soylent.com slash glasses and code glasses for 20% off your first order. Soylent.com slash glasses. And you know the code, it's glasses. Most game shows quiz contestants about topics they don't even care about. But for more than 100 episodes, the Go Fact Yourself podcast has asked celebrity guests trivia about topics they choose for themselves. And introduced them to some of their personal heroes along the way. Oh my gosh. Shut up. (laughs) Oh, I feel like I'm going to cry. Oh my stuff. (laughs) It's so so exciting. Join me, J. Keith Van Stratton. And me, Helen Hong. Along with guests like DJ Jazzy Jeff, Yardley Smith, Roxanne Gay, and so many more on the Trivia Game Show podcast, Go Fact Yourself. Twice a month, every month on Maximum Fun. So here we are with author... Ben Acker rhymes with uh, Ben Blacker. If if people want to know um, how to say it, um, uh, hey, it's good to have you on the show, Ben. Nice to talk to you. Thanks for having me. Long time, first time. Long time, first time. Um, although one time you gave me a ride home, and I really appreciate that. So I feel like we're very close. Um, ben, what are you? He's closer than us. Uh, I just finished Teen Killers Club by Lily Sparks, which was great. Right. And uh, I palate cleansed uh, after that with Lock and Key, The Golden Age. Oh. 
Um, do you know that one? I, I uh, don't know if I've read that one, but I've read a lot of Lock and Key. Lock and Key is great. And then the Golden Age is like um, picking different periods from the history of the house. And it's um, it's beautiful. Like, it's just like a couple of, like, there's Melier tributes in there. Like, there's just stuff that, like, was burning a hole, you can tell, in the creator's pockets, like, in the in the pockets of their brains. Like, we that would be a cool story to tell. And there, it's, it's gorgeous. And uh, I think that next, I'm going to pick up um, My Best Friend's Exorcist. Exorcism? Oh, exorcism! Yeah, exorcism! Yeah, because yeah, the yeah. movie's about to come out. Yeah, you got. Well, I've, I've been on a big Grady Hendrix kick. Oh, good. We love that. We love to hear that. He's a he's definitely a, a glasser fave. Um, all right, so you have a new book. It's out. It's called Stories to Keep You Alive Despite Vampires. Can you tell people about it? Yeah, it's Stories to Keep You Alive Despite Vampires. is a collection of campfire stories, ghost stories, cover versions of classics like The Phantom Hitchhiker and That Ribbon Story. Uh, as well as its brand new stuff, uh, while aspiring to retain the spirit of scary stories to tell in the dark that messed us up as kids. And it's got the framing device of these are stories to tell vampires so they don't, uh, per vampire rules, get to eat you. Yeah, and um, they like stories. They love stories, apparently, the vampires. They love stories. Yes. Um, I like to take all the ingredients of genre and twist up story structure and play with what comes out based on character while still, like, doing the horror. So, like, they're fun little stories, and some, I, I guess, are scary, and some are silly, and some are both, uh, and some take turns. Yeah, I felt that a lot. I really liked it. I think I told you it reminded me a little bit of Sideways Stories from Wayside School. I don't know if you read that when you were a kid. But I, never, I never read that. I, um, I feel like I either super should or super shouldn't, right? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it had that element to it. It's very fun. It's, like, fun horror. Um which speaking of that, so so we have a rating system here on Reading Glasses um, for scary books, and we use chilies. So you know, like at a like mm. at a restaurant, you know, how hot is it? And this is actually pretty low on the chili scale. If you if you ask me, I think it's really good because we have a lot of scaredy cat listeners on the show who will really like mm. it. Like it's fun, it's fun horror. Um, how did you choose? Okay, how would you rate it as far as chilies go? I think um, low. T- I think low too. Low. I think like yeah. it's uh, it's mild. Uh, mild yeah a mild salsa if you will um and why did you choose to go low chili and who is your intended audience for this book because i loved it i thought it was so clever and fun but i think a younger reader could read it as well i think well that was the thing the initial conversation with simon and schuster was like let's put this out let's aim at uh 10 and up middle grade audience um which you know i think is 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 one audience but like there's the us people that are the other audience but um I tried to keep it to the level of scared I liked to be as a kid. I feel like that's, you know, it, it stays in line with with being the the um inspired by mm-hmm. uh those mm-hmm. those kind of that that vibe, being on that vibe. I think the most of the dark stuff that happens in the book like happens off-screen or like in a general way. It's not like grisly and it's not like um it's not it's it's not quite a grindhouse or anything like that. Like it lets it it lets it be that kind of um, what's more, you know, evocative instead of more um, visual or, or grisly or anything like that. Um, I'd rather I'd rather have a kid wonder ten or twenty years later if they read something that was that weird in their childhood <laughs> than have them like lose sleep during their childhood. That said, I have heard of a couple of kids who've gotten spooked by some of the stories, and that is really exciting. <laughs> I think all of it is great. It's, all of these are proper responses. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
you obviously have a love of horror. You used a lot of horror tropes and you did a lot of interesting things, like you said, with, with horror. Do you, in fact, love all things spooky? And how scary do you generally like your scary at this point in your life? Um, oh, I love, I do love horror. I love spooky. You know, I'm a big Buffy guy. I was a big Scooby-Doo kid. I feel like I've invented the term Halloween adult for who this book is for. <laughs> yes, great. I, that's perfect. That's perfect. Um, I met my writing partner in a college class about horror. I love spooky. I like my scary, like up to The Exorcist or The Shining. I don't need great. torture or bleakness. Those sure. are turnoffs for me. So I love the drawings in the book. This is something I always enjoy in in a book. Can you tell us a little bit more about the art? I'd actually, I'd love to. My great friend, Neil Mahoney, a guy who only wants his friends to be friends and work together on stuff, introduced me probably three, four years ago now via Instagram to his pal, Scott Bone Christiana. And Scott did this perfect, creepy, impressive monster art, like a fearsome American werewolf in London uh, werewolf, but also like a disturbing Count Chocula and Frankenberry. It was great and funny. And it was like, we are going to work together when the time is right. And for this book, I wanted like scary stories to tell in the dark. I want the art to mess kids up more than the stories. Uh-huh. Uh, but I didn't want to do pastiche. I didn't want to do an impression. And Scott had his own, like coming in with his own style. So it was, it was perfect. And the people at Simon & Schuster were great about like, considering him and like put together a bunch of people to, to consider and like we we all landed on him together and when he turned in the the cover my editor was just over the moon about it and our friend neil passed away about a year before scott and i teamed up on the book mm-hmm. so it's um like working together is honoring our friend mm-hmm. you know we dedicated the book to him and like it's it's a, it, it feels the richer for it you know that's nice that's yeah. nice well, I think the book is perfect for what we call Halloweenies on this show. People who want to do spooky stuff but can't quite get into something some, as dark as My Best Friend's Exorcism or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, finally, we always like to ask, what is your reader wheelhouse? All right. So, I thought about this question. Okay. And I realized a couple of years ago, I was, I was starting Stephen King for the first time. And I read Salem's Lot. And there's something about traditional vampires that is totally my shit, like uh, inexplicable fading health or the knock on the window mm. or transporting a vampire king overseas to avoid the daylight and mm-hmm. like the whispering yes. in brains, all the tropes and like the vampires going up against like just folks in a town. Like I love a slayer, but like mm, there's something about like we're just the people here and we have to stand up to the vampires. Yeah. Uh, I love genre with wit in it. Um, once I discovered the Richard Stark Parker novels, I became for the first time a completist mm. and like hunted them all down before I think like three months later, they were all reprinted and easy to find. You just order them all. Um, and I'm a sucker for like the kind of crackling prose that makes you want to read it out loud to someone, uh, which oh. I don't know if that's, if that's a thing like, like Michael Chabon comes to mind. Mm, okay, it's just okay. like this this sentence is gorgeous like somebody has to who's nearby you have to hear this sentence uh and and there was when i i remember when i read cavalier and clay there there were a handful of books that came out uh is it okay to give you like four wheelhouses uh, there are, wheelhouse. we take them all people's all right. people sometimes take up a uh, full page it's, it's it can be a lot <laughs> there were there were these books that all kind of came out around the same time as cavalier and clay 
and it was um, uh, there was uh, Carter Beats the Devil by Glenn Gold and um, Niagara Falls All Over Again by Elizabeth McCracken. And there was one called The Final Confession of Mabel Stark uh, by Robert Huff. And they were all like, what they had in common was a dream job in a different time. It was like a, a comedy team uh, in, vaude, in a silent film, a magician in vaudeville, comic book writers in the golden age of comics, and a, a, the greatest tiger tamer in the world working at Ringling Brothers when it started. Like, I just, I am a sucker for cool um, fantasy job in period piece. Oh, I love that. That's yeah. very cool. That's so specific, but we love a specific wheelhouse. <laughs> uh, or, uh, you know, funny, funny things, things that are funny. I like the funny. No. Yes, okay. yes. <laughs> yes. And uh, what is your dog's name? <laughs> My dog's name is Steven. Uh, I apologize for his... Um, being a terrier and someone being near to the outside. Yeah, I mean, he'll, he's just protecting you. Um, so where can listeners find you online? Where can they get the book? Tell us everything. All right. So I am B-N-A-C-K-E-R on both of the online things, Instagram and Twitter, B-N-A-C-K-E-R. The first E is left off for savings. Um, somebody beat me to it. And you can find the book at your local bookseller or you can go to uh, bit.com. Lee, that's bit.ly slash despite vampires. Oh, that's so convenient. Okay. Well, thank you so much. This was great. Thanks for coming on the show, Ben. Thanks for having me. Okay. Oh my gosh, that's it. Come on, let's do more. Ah! Let's some questions. <laughs> now it's time to solve a bookish problem from one of our listeners. Kelly Ann writes in, I've recently been struggling with Goodreads related book guilt. Oh man, we are here. Mm-hmm. This is this is our bread and butter. We are here to help you, Kelly Ann. <laughs> We're here to help. Uh, most of my reading is of books that don't directly financially support the authors, i.e. used books in ARCs. I've always justified this by rating, reviewing, and recommending the books on Goodreads. I've recently switched over to Storygraph, which I absolutely adore and have already been diving into their recommendations to stand in solidarity with the B Amazon... B Amazon? B Amazon... Did you say Amazon Union? I feel like that was... I don't know if the B is supposed to be there, but... I'm going to say it. Be Amazon Union. But I'm worried about the financial impact of exclusively leaving a review on Storygraph versus leaving a review on Goodreads as well. From a publishing perspective, am I screwing over the author if I'm not posting an ARC review on... That's the... When I, folks, if you're just listening to the show recently and you're like, what is an ARC? It's an AR, sometimes called an ARC. I call it an ARC. It's an advanced review copy. Kellyanne wants to know, am I screwing over the author if I'm not posting an ARC review on Goodreads or should I stick to my principles and be part of the change I want to see in the world? Bria, what should they do? I mean, look, we're going to relieve you of your book guilt, okay? Because the saddest thing You are of all, absolved. You are correct. You are correct that people read Goodreads. Here's the saddest thing. The average person reads Amazon. So not only sure do. is it not dark because Goodreads owns Amazon, Amazon owns Goodreads. So yes, you are contributing to Amazon when you work, when you rate things through Goodreads. But guess what? The way you could probably be the most helpful would be to rate on Amazon, which is very complicated. Look, we're all doing our best here. We're all doing the best mm-hmm. we can. And we know you're doing your best because you wrote this email and you're a very thoughtful person. And also because you're a glasser who is the most thoughtful community that has ever existed in the entire world. But guess what? It's also, true. another guess what? Spoiler. 
the world isn't perfect and it's run by these horrible capitalist conglomerates and they should be outlawed and have unions and I wish we all didn't have to make money and peddle our art, but here we are as artists having to peddle our art on all these platforms that we don't want to peddle it on, but that is the only way for us to make a living in this capitalist society. So we're going to relieve you of that book guilt. You post wherever the fuck you want to post, okay? You Mm -hmm. post where you want to post. If you are spreading the good word about this book, I don't care where you're doing it. You can do that as an if you're reading arcs, if you're buying used books, if you're spreading the good word, that means that you are helping this author. Because let me tell you, Storygraph is growing very quickly. They are yes. they are they're an up and comer. People love it. A lot of really bookish people love it. And as we talked about on the show in the past, the book community is very pro small business, helping small businesses. It's like one of the few small business bookstores are one of the few small businesses that have grown steadily for the last however many years. So. If you want to switch to Storygraph, I would say don't look back. It, it You can help that author by putting stuff on Storygraph, even if, because there are other people reading it on Goodreads, other people doing it on Amazon. I, and I, I know you're carrying this guilt because you want to be both a good book community person, but also a good anti-capitalist consumer because we have to consume and help in some way and vote with our dollars. You know what? You're doing your best. That's all I'm going to say. Mallory, do you have different advice here for uh, Kellyanne or or how, what do you think? I don't have, I, I have the same advice from a different angle. And I okay. want to say, Kellyanne, we get this. Trust me, both as readers and authors, we know that it's tough. It's very frustrating. And yes, publishing does pay most attention to Goodreads. You know, I, I know from being on the other side of things that publishers work really hard to like do Goodreads giveaways and um, Goodreads, promotions and 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 they also want you to immediately make a goodreads author page like that's very important like they definitely are buying into the goodreads world because it sells books but the thing is it's slowly changing and storygraph is definitely growing and it is becoming a contender and how is it going to keep doing that how is it going to keep growing if people don't start making the choice to switch over that's really the thing is that some people have to start just making that call. And if you love Storygraph and you don't want to switch back, you should stick with it. You know, there's a lot of other ways to support an author. If you are, Kellyanne, if you were like, oh, I feel bad. I'm like, not as it stands right now, when we are recording this episode, maybe in a year, things will be different. People will listen to this episode and be like, oh my God, back in 2022, Goodreads was still a thing. Now it doesn't even exist. But right now in 2022, it is you know, it's definitely the giant compared to Storygraph. But if you're feeling bad because not as many people are see it, maybe you rate and review it on Storygraph and then you post that review on Storygraph to your social media pages. Maybe you take a picture of that book and post it on Instagram. You know, if you really love the book, remember Kellyanne, you can always ask your library to buy it. You know, that's a great way to support it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that way, you know, thousands of people can can read it. There's a lot of there's a lot of ways to support a book that don't involve you spending money and don't involve you interacting with the the greater uh, uh, tendrils of Amazon because they're because they're everywhere. And again, like I said, you know, if everybody thought like this and was like, "Oh, I'm not going to switch over," then story, Storygraph would never grow. Yeah. Um, I think it still is. I I definitely see that it's 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 growing more. That that one of the ways that I can tell is that um, I got sent an email recently by my friend Christina, and she she was like, "Hey, look, Storygraph is now doing giveaways. That's another like mm. a big thing that Goodreads does. Is like before a book comes out, they do like a giveaway of a certain amount of finished copies or a certain amount of advanced copies, and it's like a big deal in the publishing world. And like because it even if people like when people sign up to 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 get the giveaway even if they don't win 
your book is now on their radar and like now like on their Goodreads TBR list or whatever it is. Um, but now Storygraft is starting to do that. So um, Storygraph, I keep saying either Storygraft or story feet, like I don't know why I can't say this, but because um, once yeah, you, once think, you've put a book on there, it's been story graphed. Just grafted. I've on grafted. Your brain. I've grafted. <laughs> I've grafted this book. Um, so yeah, I think you should. I agree with Bria. I think you should switch over if you love it use it and other people will, will will do the same and then again there's a bunch of other ways you can help add a little extra support you know instagram stories tiktoks twitter posts um asking your library you know recommending it to a friend you know there's there's a lot of ways you can help support a book so you don't need to feel guilty we're absolving you of all of your book guilt mm-hmm. uh we need like a, a hand motion like instead of like doing the, I don't know what they. I was thinking a gavel, do, but, but I don't know why. Is that like you're like you've been this court is I was thinking like you we op we open the book in front of them and like yeah there you go like move our hand. sunshine we'll to, we'll comes f- out we'll of the book shine, sh- f- like shines in their face yes we got but we got you no no guilt um, and other people who people write in if you were in Kelly Ann's situation and you also mostly read uh, advanced copies or ARCs and you um, have found other good ways to support authors and help boost those books, let us know about it. We want we want to hear. And we also always want to help you solve your reader problems. You can send them to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. As always, want to thank the wonderful mods who run our Facebook group who we got, we got to meet or I have met one of them before, but one of them I hadn't met. But we got to hang out with a couple of them mm-hmm. at StoryFest recently, uh, Dan. Danielle and Rhiannon, and that was super, super cool. And like getting to like meet the people who do so much for our community really was a thrill for us. They're absolutely amazing and really well dressed. Uh, so thank you, thank you, thank you for that. We really appreciate it. And then of course Chrissy and Rachel who moderate our Goodreads page. Maybe we need a Storygraph page. I would be stoked about it. If someone who is a big Storygraph user wants to create some kind of reading glasses group on there mm-hmm. that would be super cool we would mm-hmm. love that um and remember you can support us and and help uh us feed our animals bria just got a new cat that That's cat's right. gonna need some food Ugh. you want to help us pay for that go to what she she's only very wants cute. wet food i don't know what's going on gonna gonna run oh yeah eat me out of house and home <laughs> but so you can do that by going to our void march store there's so much cool stuff in there if if you look on our instagram our our wonderful sound wizard sean is wearing his book slut shirt that just says book slut uh and it is a cool shirt he's been getting a lot of feedback a lot of good positive hot hot book feedback mm-hmm. about that shirt if you want to show off your love of bookishness and your love of reading glasses again it supports us go to that void march store check it out there's a link in the show notes and if you like the show and want to support us for absolutely free you can rate and review us on the podcast listening app of your choice with apple Podcasts, you just go in using the mobile app go to the page uh that like the look search for reading glasses go to the reading glasses page and it's right there it'll take you 30 seconds and really make a huge difference for us you can email us at reading glasses podcast at gmail.com find us on twitter at reading g podcast on instagram at reading glasses podcast thanks for listening and thanks for reading thanks for reading